Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Trips for Kids Pedal Pod. This is a bi-weekly podcast that will be published every other Tuesday. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of the Trips for Kids Pedal Pod. My name is Mark Cruz. Joining me in this episode will be Eric Supil, the Executive Director at the Charlotte Chapter of Trips for Kids, and Charlotte Decatu, the Program Director at the Chapter. Been great. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for having a good day so yeah. far. Yeah, definitely. Definitely having a great day. That's good. That's good. And you guys, I'm assuming, are both calling from uh, Charlotte? Yep. Wow. That's great. Yeah. We're having our own little uh, long distance extended uh, coffee shop conversation right here. I know. Coast to coast. Yeah. Yep. So, you mind telling us a little about yourselves and uh, where you got your start that led you to work with Trips for Kids Charlotte? Um, sure. I. I guess my journey started out um, sort of the day I graduated college. I, on a whim, decided to commit to this cross-country bike tour of cooperatives. And ever since I did that, I sort of caught the cycling bug and I had this idea of combining bikes and school and education. And through that, I actually met uh, somebody who brought me to Charlotte uh, for to help work at a school. And the first thing I Googled was um, kids bikes, Charlotte and trips for kids came up on my search result. And it was really easy to volunteer and get involved. So in 2015, when I moved to Charlotte, I started helping out with the earn a bike program and have been there ever since. All right. All right. And what about you, Eric? Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I actually uh, joined uh, trips for kids, Charlotte, uh, October of 2016, 2016, yeah. And uh, I was originally hired as a, a part-time mechanic, but uh, prior to joining Trips for Kids, I, I worked six years uh, in another similar bike nonprofit organization called Bikes Not Bombs. Uh, and there I kind of like worked all through their shop program as well as their supporting their youth programs and advanced mechanics programs. Um, so in, in 2016, when I moved back to Charlotte, cause I'm originally from Charlotte, um, I wanted to kind of continue that kind of work and, and connect the knowledge that I earned, uh, or learned in the past six years and bring it home and see what I could, what I could do. Right. Right. So, uh, is it safe to say that you both are, uh, avid cyclists? Yeah. Yes. I actually never learned how to drive on purpose so that I would never have the choice <laughs> to ride my bike and take bus. That's the most serious dedication I've ever heard in my entire life to the cycling life. That's crazy. So um, if you guys don't mind me asking, what are each of your favorite types of trails that you like to ride? I, I enjoy... I, I don't ride many trails, to be honest. I enjoy touring um, and I love going long distance. Like I love tra traveling on my bike and ending up in a new place every day. Um, but locally, I just, I love to commute. It's, it, I, I find it's a daily spiritual practice in a way. And so that's, uh, that's one of my favorite ways to ride is just to the grocery store. Yeah, we're actually, I, I'm on the same boat. I'm, I'm not... A traditional mountain biker or that wasn't my first uh, you know connection with cycling uh, when I was up in New England touring was my my favorite thing to do 
uh, I did my first tour from Boston to, to Cape Cod, and that's what really opened me up. So I'm, I know, like, I mostly mountain bike uh, to work with our programs uh, and, you know, to explore some of our trails. You know, it's fun to take your touring bike out there and get around and thrash around out there, and, and that's really fun. Um, so I, I really enjoy kind of the, the Francis Beatty Park that we have uh, down on our south side um, and where we do our programs now. It's a little hidden gem called Southview. Um, it's growing, um, but it's on the west side of, of Charlotte. Um, and I think the, the other one I would say is there's a trail called Backyard Trails. It's a really popular spot. It's off one of our greenways. Um, some of it is a little bit more technical than I'm used to, um, but you know, it's enjoyable yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I totally get you. You know, and that's, um, like I said, just what you said earlier about not even wanting to drive Charlotte uh, just so that you could ride your bike. So then since you guys both are commuters, uh, kind of long distance type, have either of you done the century, the century ride? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll both of you? Wait, wait, is this, this the century ride a specific ride or is it a century? That's just like a like, hundred. That's just a straight oh, yeah. hundred. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friends and i are we're working we're working up to that right now the best advice i got on that is start early and just don't stop till you get to 100 <laughs> so. my, my whole and one thing i like to tell kids is if you can bike 10 miles you can bike 100 because all it is is just 10 mile increments in your brain yeah so yeah like once you do one, okay, the next one, the next one, the next one, and eventually you're at 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Um, so for those who don't know, Trips for Kids Charlotte is actually our second chapter to form after Trips for Kids Marin and the first chapter on the East Coast of America. Do you mind giving us a brief history of uh, how it all got started over there in Charlotte? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we were founded by the great Paula Fricky in 1999. And at that time, we were operating mostly the ride program uh, opportunity. We worked with a lot of youth, underserved youth here in Charlotte, um, all through the early 2000s and continuing till right now. Um, so in the early 2000s, we started also integrating our Earn a Bike program. This is a program where you go through a curriculum, um, and it's changed over the years. Uh, currently, it's, it's a curriculum that is rooted in safety and operations. So getting, getting youth ready to receive their bike, know how to use it and operate it safely. Um, and at the end of that program, the youth earn a bike, lock, set of lights, helmet, and the knowledge to take the two wheels, explore the, you know, the urban landscape, the off-road landscape and whatnot. And then in 2006 is when we um, officially like launched the recyclery program. So our recycling program, you know, though it is uh, uh, an opportunity to get great refurbished bikes, uh, it is more so in itself a program in the way that we're able to teach the community, youth and the community, how to work on bikes uh, and, and fix bikes that are someone else's discarded or unwanted or grown out of, you know, materials and turn those into opportunities for other people to ride. 
Um, you know, last year in our recycling program, we were able to save 3,000 bikes and from the landfill wow. and, and get those bikes, um, the majority of those bikes back into, into the hands of people who could use them right. through, our, through our youth programs and, and the shop program. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. And you say that number again, how many bikes? Uh, 3,000 bikes is what we took in last year. Right, right. Um, which if, if you put them out and stack them, it's, it's huge. It's like yeah. a football field worth of yeah. like metal. But, you know, with, with all, all of, you know, how we have kind of like a disposable, you know, world right now of, mm -hmm. of going through bikes, you know, those yeah. bikes can go out and, and help other people. Yeah. Um, and really make a, an impact. Right, right. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, what programs do you each kind of have like a real grasp, real hand in uh, that you each run um, personally, the two of you? Uh, well, my role is to oversee and is the earn a bike program and the ride program primarily. Uh, lately, because of COVID, I've been spending more time in the shop and getting more skills as a mechanic mm -hmm. and sort of completing the circle of also refurbishing the bikes that we use in the programs. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, what we hope as, you know, as a organization and as a group is that we're all, all able to contribute into the overall growth of the organization mm -hmm. um you know and that's that's from our shop program side helping out with our youth programs our youth programs helping out with our shop programs uh and everyone integrating you know and in some organizations that have this structure there's sometimes a splinter between the two sides mm -hmm. uh, and we here at charlotte are really trying to to make that one so that we can make the best effort to go forward right um on my end, like I said, I came in as a part-time mechanic um, <laughs> uh, to this organization, but you know, I saw a lot of possibility and growth moving here, and and um, also so what Trish for Kids has been quietly doing uh, for all these years, um, and so it really excited me. Um, you know, Charlotte is is well is well versed in in youth programs through. Uh, this endeavor and and previous endeavors that she's done um, so it's you know I'm, I'm coming in as a support for those for those programs and trying to work and in, in ways that we can all just grow right um, together so uh, I wanted to ask also how do you find yourselves continuing to learn in order to stay on top of things uh, within your chapter within your roles um well, I, I, we were actually having a conversation about this earlier and uh, part of a big thing, especially in advocacy work and in, uh, is, we're, uh, is the topic of self-care and uh, also taking time to, uh, for our, ourselves or to value ourselves and to make space for ourselves um, to feel whole because uh, a lot of aspects of this job can be very overwhelming or sometimes stressful, uh, especially in a world very um, driven by productivity and uh, numbers and things like that. But really there's this 
step back we take to the quality, like the quality of our lives, the quality of our programs, the quality, and a lot of that starts with, uh, you know, like how are we feeling? So um, one of the ways that at least like I personally have found to just stay on top of things is to really make intentional space to step back from the job and in order so that when I'm on the job, I am at my best. Definitely. I, I agree with what Charlotte said there. I mean, you know, what the energy that comes from, from us interacting with youth and, and trying to move forward with the work that we do, I mean, it does come from within. You know, Charlotte and I have been um, working in, in nonprofits and cycling for quite some time. And, you know, that's where it starts. It definitely starts with mindfulness and self-care and you know understanding of our capacities because there's a lot of work that needs to be done for sure mm -hmm. um, but having having that kind of set gives us the opportunity to roll out our programs in the best possible way uh, and i think also our ability to to just be adaptive to the current situations um, and and keep that mindfulness adaptivity you know balance is is how we keep on rolling. <laughs> I also just want to jump in. Um, another way we continue to learn is, is to listen as best we can, to be reflective and receptive to feedback, to be able to really notice, oh, I could have done that better, and to sort of put your ego aside and just realize, especially when working with many different communities, there's a certain amount of we're learning constantly and we do make mistakes and it's very important to be aware of those mistakes to name them and to move forward in a way that's again cognizant of how we can always be doing better but again to be in that place of not self-critiquing but self you know that growth it, it really does start from like to yeah work on the self-love part because mm -hmm. otherwise it, it can be a downward spiral of oh uh, all the ways I could have been better and it's like yeah, yeah there's a million ways we can always be better and and it's important to for the youth to see that too I feel like you know I can't imagine going through school like fully on the computer and not having that interaction um, of, of youth you know like mm -hmm. uh, of peers around you so you know also being mindful that you know showing them that mindfulness and how that can can change your outlook and what things like riding your bike can do just to keep you rolling. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, riding your bike is just such an important thing. It is such a therapeutic thing, especially when you're going out, you go at that perfect time when I don't know, you know, earlier you guys talked about getting up early. So maybe you might be going when the sun's rising. Uh, me personally, I go when the sun's kind of like starting to set and, and it's just a beautiful thing being able to see, especially where you live, seeing your city in a new light. You know, seeing what it has to offer, not just seeing it out of a car window, breathing in that air and everything. So, yeah. I don't know how it is on the West Coast, but here in North Carolina, we have a really beautiful golden hour. Mm -hmm. um, everything just glows. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's a good time to ride. <laughs> uh, I mean, real off topic. I, uh, one thing I never thought about until recently, I saw a social media post, but you guys at like your coasts, your beaches and everything. The sun is rising there. The sun doesn't set there. It sets yeah. on the other side. So yeah. yeah. 
It's something random, little thing I had never thought about until like, <laughs> people were just like, wait a second, they don't have sunsets at their beach? No, we don't. We don't. We just look at the sun like setting behind, you know, Oh, whoa. Hotels, hotels that is and crazy. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. Um, well, actually, and also I wanted to piggyback off of something you said. You mentioned adaptability and stuff. And uh, in our last episode, I spoke with Sue George from bikeflights.com. And I know they recently shared a post on their blog about your guys' modified earn a bike program. How is your chapter adapting and still trying to help kids earn their bikes during this really difficult time? So one, first we started out by, again, listening to what a lot of other programs were doing and sort of gleaning best practices from um, just the world. And, and so there were a lot of podcasts and webinars and things we educated ourselves and uh, also keeping up with what were the uh, recommendations from the medical world and how to keep people safe. And from that, we came up with two models of how we could operate our program using these recommendations. So one, we created a lot of, we created some extra paperwork um, just to, you know, as we say, cross our T's and dot our I's. Mm -hmm. um, and we are earn a bike because a lot of what we do is hands-on engaging with the bikes. We um, actually, it was um, something we learned from one of our partners, the Freedom School, was this setup where we designate personal spaces for the kids um, and we do everything outside wearing masks. Um, if people need to take mask breaks, we have designated areas for that. And we pretty much go through things um, as together in a place where we can all visually see each other, but we keep our distance. And then another uh, way we've done it is, and this will be starting in October, is using our offsite model. So luckily in the past, we have worked with some partners and they've observed us and learned and engaged with us enough times that they can lead their own programs now. So it's empowering leadership with like out into the community. And in the offsite model, model, they can, we just drop off bikes and they can then implement their own program using their best practices. And that's how, those are our two main ways of keeping kids on bikes. And, and also, cause we, because, because of the schools being predominantly online, we felt it was really important to try to keep the person in interaction because there is a need for that. And as, as far as like a mental, mental and emotional health, um, which are just as important as physical health. And so we, we tried our, we really wanted to um, keep those person interactions um, as part of our programs. Right, right. Um, and actually, you are, you mentioned the partners that you work with, and I wanted to ask you a little more about that. So I know you guys do work with partners with local agencies in the Charlotte area. Uh, do you mind telling us how that works and what is it that you guys do with them? Yeah, so we have a couple of ways that we engage, you know. Uh, we have two, our two, like I said earlier, our two main programs are our ride program and our earn a bike program. So with our ride program, uh, which currently isn't happening due to COVID, uh, but hopefully we'll be rolling rolling in September uh, at some point. But the way that we we do that, it's it's to try to engage kids to, to get out into nature, uh, to ride, have that opportunity 
you know, encounter like roots and rocks, obstacles in their way, and just learn how to pedal through. So with that, with that engagement with partners, we try to get as many groups are, that are interested in that opportunity. Um, so, you know, with, in a quantitative sense, where any group that kind of reach out to us uh, that has interest in engaging their youth out there, um, we offer an opportunity to do that with our ride programs. With our earn a bike programs, our partnerships are much more intentional. Um, we try to have a longer investment because a, a lot of our programs based in, in creating confidence and, and leadership, um, not only within those youth, but within the communities that they represent. So our earn a bike programs are kind of more so meant to be uh, reoccurring with specific locations. Um, and the hope is that, like Charlotte was touching on earlier, is that we create those leaders so that they can continue our work uh, and our curriculums and our outreach when we switch over to new um, partners. So mm -hmm. our earn -a bike partnerships are usually between three and five specific organizations that we hope to, to grow uh, relationships with um, over a longer period of time. Right. Yeah. We also, I just thought, we also do have um, a model for Earn a Bike where a lot of how people hear about us is through word of mouth. We don't advertise a lot. So usually people hear about us and then they reach out to either myself or Eric and that's how we connect. But then with agencies specifically, there's a lot more intentionality of finding who will be a good fit and yeah. who's sort of like-minded or has, has bicycles on their radar or health or, you know, something that we can like connect on in a, on a more like philosophical mode. And I'd actually love to ask you guys, what are each of your favorite aspects of this job, of this role uh, within Trips for Kids? I, I think it's, and I, I, I can, I'm not speaking for it, but I know we're, we're very similar. And is that the bike, I, I, the bike is medicine, at least for me, mm -hmm. for my soul, for my body, for, and I believe for the world. And I guess my favorite part about this job is that I get to, for my job, share this medicine with the world. Um, and that is because, and anytime I see a kid learn how to ride a bike or, you know, overcome a challenge on their bike or just, you know, that uh, Eric said it in the bike flights article, you know, that just that smile, mm -hmm. uh, riding a bike, that sense of freedom. I, 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 that's the whole reason we do it. And, and it comes from a deeply personal place of, you know, the bike was healing for me. It, it, it uh, and in so many ways, I feel saved my life. And um, yeah, so to, for that to be, to, to have that, you know, personal connection to this, um, I don't know, this spirit, I, it's like a spirit animal. I don't know, <laughs> this is better to have this kind of like connection with this, um, tool and then to be able to share that um, with others is is really the best part mm -hmm. yeah Man, that's so awesome I, I feel super privileged to be able to work with you Charlotte <laughs> I feel like we come from uh, similar backgrounds as as far as like the impact the bicycle has had you know I, I didn't learn how to ride a bike till I was 14 years old Wow. Uh, which is right before you can get a license here in North Carolina. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so, so almost didn't make it. And, uh, you know, in my time in Boston, when I first moved to Boston, I, I couldn't afford the train. And that's how I actually got into cycling is because um, that was an affordable mode of transportation for me. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, just like Charlotte, like the bicycle transformed my life and transformed my outlook. And I, I think that's an important thing to pass down to, to new generations and hopefully instill for, for, you know, those who might become leaders um, in their own respect, like, like we are here now. Um, and I think, you know, that empowerment, that opportunity that's given through cycling, uh, that um, just independence and, and, and everything uh, that, that can, can be earned through just pedaling forward um, makes a difference. And, you know, it might be just distances to work or it might translate to, to something much larger. And, you know, it, it, it is a tool for change right yeah well to wrap things up uh i wanted to ask you guys are there any special projects you have going on or is there any way that people in your local community can help out can volunteer and be a part of this wonderful uh nonprofit? sure you want to do special projects yeah um a couple of special initiatives that we have going on is like also like just partnering and supporting so many of the other advocates and do people doing good stuff in our community. Uh, so there's a group of women in, who have been tremendous of, about educating our community and bringing resources. And um, they're the groups Leave Fear Behind, She Bikes Charlotte, and then um, our local cycling savvy instructor and CLT Bike Camp. So working with them and supporting um, their work through either resources or education or showing up. Those are some of um, these. So one thing is with working with she bikes is to help using our shop to help grow the mechanical knowledge and skill base um, within women of our these women in our community. Because one thing that you do notice is that they go out and they just share it and magnify it and amplify it so if we can play a small part in you know supporting their work and what they do we know that's going to have you know a, a fractaling effect on our yeah. <laughs> a, a big create big ripples in our community mm -hmm. yeah i would say um you know those partnerships are are important um you know one thing that we focus on a lot um is the idea of pathways um you know there, there are organizations that might do work before us, so like younger, younger youth, and there might be opportunities beyond us. So how do we connect with our community and, and really make an impact in, in the youth? Charlotte actually uses this quote that's, it takes a village to raise a child. It um, does take a village. <laughs> um, it should take a village. <laughs> uh, but, but I believe that, you know, I, I think the, Connecting with our community not only brings awareness, um, you know, since we're mostly word of mouth, but it it brings the uh, exposure of access and opportunity. Um, so that's that's stuff we're trying to do here and develop more programs through partnerships. 
uh, and pathways and um, potentially even connections to our local bike shops. How can we support the growth uh, and representation within that industry um, mm -hmm. through empowering the youth that we have? But to connect with our organization, um, definitely you can always reach out um, and email us about ideas. We're always listening. Um, we basically operate on donation of bikes. You know, everything that we do can be afforded through monetary donations and, and bicycle donations. And really consider it, you know, like rather than throwing throwing away this, that, or whatever, it can make a difference and an impact in, in someone else's life. Uh, and, you know, donate it to us and, and we can we can get it out there. And if not, we can recycle it and, you know, keep it sustainable. Um, but also just check out our website, tripsforkidscharlotte.org to learn about our programs and check out our blog, which has got some awesome information. And then definitely, definitely check out our Instagram page at Charlotte Recyclery. Um, awesome bike tips on there. Lots of our virtual programming is happening on there. So, uh, and current events. So check those out. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me, guys. It was a pleasure having you. Thank All right, you. you this thank is you. awesome. This has been our episode with our guest, Sue George, from BikeFlights.com. For more information on how to safely ship your bike or learn more about the Buck Up for Bikes program, check out their website at BikeFlights.com.